Good evening, foolish mortals. Today's episode is highlighting a personal favorite ride of mine down in Disneyland, the Haunted Mansion. August celebrated the 50th anniversary of this beloved ride, so I figured why not talk about it and share some of its rich lore and history. The Haunted Mansion was actually conceived before Disneyland was even built. In the original sketches of Disneyland, off Main Street there would be a road that led up to a dilapidated mansion on top of a hill. When a draft of Disneyland, including an area inspired by New Orleans, was drawn up, Walt immediately jumped on the idea of having the haunted house there in that area. An Imagineer by the name of Harper Goff was the man who came up with the original idea of the mansion, and then another Imagineer named Ken Anderson came up with the original story, which has changed over time. The original look of the mansion was going to be an old dilapidated house, but Walt disapproved of the idea of a rundown manor in part because he didn't like the idea of the beauty of New Orleans Square being counteracted by this image of this broken-down house. He ended up visiting the Winchester Mansion and was actually inspired by the house because of its grandeur and its many halls and stairs that led to nowhere, including the elevator itself. An idea for the story of the mansion was to be a ghostly wedding featuring many Disney villains and guests. The story then changed hands to Raleigh Crump and Yale Gracie, two other Imagineers. In 1961, the announcement was made that the Haunted Mansion was coming to Disneyland and the exterior of the house was built two years later. In 1965, a preview of the ride appeared in Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color. The six-year delay was mainly because of Disney's involvement in the New York World's Fair from 1964 to 1965 and to an attraction redesign after Walt's death in 1966. After the fair, Many infamous Imagineers, such as Mark Davis, Francis Xavier Atencio, and Claude Coates, contributed ideas for the project. There was going to be a ride-side restaurant, much like the Blue Bayou at Pirates, with many odd and bizarre objects like coffin clocks, talking chairs, living gypsy wagons, and a mirror with a face. This place was going to be called Museum of the Weird. A hilarious little event occurred after Walt gave Raleigh and Yale the lead on the project. During the creation of many of the animatronics and visual effects for the ride, much of the stuff was just left lying around the warehouse where they were working. One evening, they had forgotten to switch off the mechanics before leaving for the day. Well, the cleaning crew was met with a hell of a surprise when, as they were working, the motion sensors that were set up to trigger the various effects went off, scaring the cleaning crew right out of the warehouse. The next morning, Raleigh and Yale came in only to find a lone broom lying in the middle of the floor, and a call from the janitorial staff saying that they would not be returning. Mark and Claude both argued about how the ride should be perceived. Claude, originally a background artist, wanted it to be spooky, scenic, scary adventure walkthrough. Basically a haunted house. Mark, an animator and character designer, wanted classic Disney gags and fun, lovable characters. Ultimately, the two compromised and combined their ideas into what the ride is today a spooky scenic entrance and middle into a fun character-filled graveyard party in the back. After Walt's death, the ride changed again. The restaurant idea was completely scrapped, the walkthrough idea was changed into an Omnimover, mainly due to the fact that the latter offered a higher ride capacity and because the Imagineers could control what the riders saw and when to fit the narrative the ride builders wanted to convey. There were several openings of the ride that happened. August 6, 7, and 8 were employee previews. 9 and 10 were soft opening days where limited numbers of guests were allowed to ride the actual attraction. A midnight press event was held on the evening of August 11th, and then finally, the Haunted Mansion opened to the public on August 12th in 1969. 
The ride was an instant hit and continues to be so to this very day. One of the infamous characters that we now know today is the infamous Hatbox Ghost. But, funnily enough, for many years, he wasn't even in the ride. He was one of the original characters that started the ride, but shortly after he was featured, only a few days, he actually was removed for some reason. In April of 2015, it was announced that the infamous Hatbox Ghost would be making his official reappearance, and on May 9th, 2015, he was once again a resident of the mansion. In October of 2001, the Nightmare Before Christmas skin began its annual appearance and continues to be a tradition to this day. If you've never been on the Haunted Mansion, simply go to YouTube and look up ride-throughs. There are countless of ride-throughs of the Haunted Mansion, but none of them compare to when you are actually on the ride. The queue takes you through both an animal and human graveyard before taking you into the main foyer of the house, where you come upon the infamous stretching room, where the ghost host, voiced by Paul Fries, welcomes you to the house. The stretching room is an amazing example of optical illusion fun. See if you can figure out if the room really is stretching. Madame Leota, the infamous disembodied fortune teller in the crystal ball, was in fact alive at one point. Her tombstone resides in Disney World and was at one time a fortune teller and a gypsy woman who resided in and around New Orleans and the mansion. Eleanor Audley, the voice actress behind Maleficent and Madame Tremaine, is the voice behind Madame Leota. The face you see, however, is a woman by the name of Leota Toombs, of whom the character is based on. During the wonderful dinner party scene, you can, of course, see many different ghosts partying it up, while another ghost plays an organ that was originally used in the film 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Now, as you pass this scene, if you look close enough, you'll notice there's a little spider on a spiderweb in front of you. Well, first off, that's actually a rubber spider, and that spiderweb is not actually a web. What happened was, at some point, someone actually shot a pellet at the glass window, used for the Pepper's ghost illusion, and shattered the glass. Now, instead of changing the glass out entirely, which would, of course, cost Disney tens of thousands of dollars, they decided to compromise and instead stick a spider on the glass and just call it a day. The attic scene is where we meet Constance Hatchaway, the ghost bride, who is supposedly responsible for the original owner of the mansion's murder. After that is our good old friend, the Hatbox Ghost, who is always just fun to see, and when we get into the graveyard, that's where you see the caretaker with his terrified little pup, but also notice a hell of an afterlife party. Various depictions of ghostly haunts reside here, like a mummy, some bouncing zombie corpses made from the original molds, mind you, so they've aged pretty well. The singing busts, who are singing that infamous tune composed by Buddy Baker with lyrics by Francis Xavier Atencio, Grim Grinning Ghosts. And of course, all these busts have names. If you were to pull up an image of the singing busts, from left to right, we have Rollo Rumpkin, voiced by Vern Rowe and is a tribute to Imagineer Raleigh Crump. Uncle Theodore, played by Thurl Ravenscroft, known for singing You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, and providing the voice for Tony the Tiger. Cousin Algernon, played by Chuck Schroeder. Ned Nub, played by Jay Meyer. And Phineas P. Pock, played by Bob Ebright. Then as you enter the mausoleum, here come our three buddies, the hitchhiking ghosts. Funnily enough, they also have names. Phineas is the rounder one, Ezra is the tall one, and Gus is the one without the hat. They were never giving names to begin with, but it seems cast members of the park just 
gave those names to them, and that's how everyone refers to them now. So while it may not technically be Disney canon, as far as I'm concerned, it's head canon to me. Now, the final character you meet as you leave the ride is known as Little Leota. She was voiced and faced by Leota Tombs and bids you farewell, and to not forget your death certificate. And that's the ride. It's short, fun, a complete classic. For sure, a must-see when you head to Disneyland. And don't worry, yes, you can get a fast pass for it, so you have no excuse to miss it. Now, there is, of course, a theory of the Haunted Mansion that apparently you're dead when you ride it. It starts in the stretching room, where, of course, the ghost house greets you with the monologue. And after his little warning that there are no doors or windows, so you have to find a way out, he tells you that there is, of course, his way. Suddenly, lightning flashes and thunder booms above you, and there you see a man hanging from a noose from a chandelier. I know, morbid, right? Suddenly, behind you, a door opens. Perhaps he is insinuating that the only way out is to die? Now, of course, I'm not saying that Disney is saying that you have to die in order to proceed, but when you look at the rest of the ride and its narrative, it really does seem to revolve around this idea that death is, in a way, moving forward. There's a moment after the attic scene before the graveyard where you're in your doom buggy, yes, I said doom buggy, where you lay flat on your back facing the sky. Now, the idea is that you are descending out of an attic window into the grounds of the mansion. But here's the question. Have you been thrown? Or are you falling out of choice because you know that's the only true way out? Now, this theory is largely fan-based, but it is fairly fun to speculate. Now, of course, there are some fun legends and stories that follow the Haunted Mansion. One is a living suit of armor that, back in the 80s, would have a cast member inside ready to scare you. However, due to budget constraints, this was scrapped until the anniversary event this past month, where they not only brought back the living suit of armor, but also had a live actor portray Gus, the prisoner hitchhiking ghost. Speaking of the hitchhiking ghosts again, there are some fun stories about them as well. While technically not canon, it is nice to have a story based on these infamous characters. Phineas was a disgraced college professor turned snake oil salesman who, along with Ezra and Gus, were committed and eventually escaped from the new Salem Insane Asylum. Try saying that three times fast. Ezra was committed for breaking into the mayor's house and spying on his daughter, and Gus, who grew up in Ohio, was committed for attempting to kill his siblings on several occasions. After breaking out, the trio would meet their untimely demise and be forced to live out the rest of their days as ghosts. Now, there is another theory that does say that Ezra could potentially be the spirit of death himself. The actual song, Grim Grinning Ghosts, is heard throughout the attraction itself in various keys. Its name actually comes from a Shakespearean poem called Venus and Adonis. And I quote, Hard favored tyrant, ugly, meager, lean, hateful divorce of love, thus chides she death. Grim grinning ghost, earth's worm, what dost thou mean to stifle beauty and to steal his breath? The busts that sing this infamous tune are actually a real quintet called the Mellow Men. They have been featured in various other Disney movies such as Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, and even the Jungle Book. So the narrative of the Haunted Mansion seems to be pretty straightforward. A mysterious ghost host leads you through the mansion. You see a bunch of characters, you see a ghost bride who may or may not have murdered her husband, who was the original owner of the mansion. Lots of fun tales. But the original story of the mansion, the one that Ken Anderson came up with, might actually be more interesting than what we have now, mostly because of its potential link to the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. This story revolves around the dreaded Captain Gore, who was one of the original main characters of the original story of the Haunted Mansion. 
Captain Bartholomew Gore, also known by the names Captain Gideon Gore Lou and Captain Bartholomew Roberts, was a pirate who served under Captain Jean Lafitte during the Battle of New Orleans. Captain Lafitte was a famous pirate with ties to the mansion. After his time pirating was done, he retired to New Orleans, built a mansion, and married a woman named Priscilla. Sometime after they were married, Priscilla discovered her husband's bloody past and was murdered by Bartholomew. After being mercilessly haunted by the ghost of his ex-wife, Bartholomew hung himself from the rafters in the attic, which eventually was retconned to belong to the story of the ghost host. One of the remnants of Captain Gore that still remains is a lone tombstone in the graveyard attached to the Haunted Mansion ride in Disney World. Probably one of the more famous links to Captain Gore is not even in the Haunted Mansion itself, but in New Orleans Square, the infamous 1764 Archway. Supposedly, that archway was originally supposed to lead to a dead pirate king's tomb underneath the Haunted Mansion. That pirate king? Jean Lafitte, the man who sat above our dear friend Captain Gore. Now, some of you may recognize the name Lafitte outside of the Haunted Mansion, and that's because it's on a sign inside of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride that reads Lafitte's Landing. Apparently, this tomb was also supposed to link to Tom Sawyer's Island, but now I'm digressing too far. This theory was actually backed by an Imagineer named Eddie Soto, who confirms that all three attractions were meant to be connected. Now, there is another Haunted Mansion ride in Disney World. This one opened in 1971 and is almost identical to the one in Disneyland, except the queue is larger and the design of the house is different. Where the Disneyland Haunted Mansion is based on an antebellum 19th century style house, the one in Liberty Square in Magic Kingdom is based on a more gothic revival style. The Haunted Mansion truly is a major staple of Disneyland. There's a reason it's been this popular, even 50 years later. While it's a shame Walt never got to see this particular ride realized to its full glory, I'm sure he'd be more than happy with how it turned out. Do yourself a favor and ride this ride. Then, ride it again when it's decked out with Nightmare Before Christmas. It's a whole separate experience, but just as fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, and I'll talk to you folks next week. Follow us on Twitter at cast underscore diz for updates on things and to get in contact with me about upcoming topics. Hurry back. Thank <laughs> you.